What's up, everybody? Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass, irreverent gaming podcast from affable idiots. I am one of your hosts, Chad Michael Ennis, and we've got with us here Adam Cravioli <laughs> Gumby. How are you, Adam? Hey, big fan of the Craviolis. Cravioli. <laughs> Whatever what do you those think are. The C stands for in ravioli in Cravioli. Cheddar. Cheddar. I am. I am going to say something very controversial. And it's that cheddar cheese is highly overrated, and it's a bullshit cheese. Hmm. What's so your preferred cheese? craviolis are very bad. I'm also going to say something very controversial. My preferred cheese is American cheese. Oh, God. <laughs> it's not even cheese. Yeah. That's just like But I also love a good mozzarella. Out. I love a good parmesan manchego cheese is one that i had one time in my entire life and it was also given to me by a girl i had a crush on so i believe that's why it's my favorite cheese yeah um, makes sense and uh but yeah good old american cheese see you can say like i don't like cheddar but then you have to follow it up with i do like gouda or something like fa if you're gonna be a fancy art dude you gotta yeah. be fancy art dude. you can't say i hate cheddar but i you can be like <laughs> i i hate tequilas and bourbons but i love a good bud light like you can't say uh, that. yeah a bud light seltzer yeah mm. <laughs> give me a good white claw yum oh boy mm -mm. uh welcome to responding fire everyone we stream just about every sunday night at 8 30 eastern time on twitch.tv slash affable idiots and you can catch us on demand on tuesday mornings at 9 a.m on youtube and podcast services we've got a bunch of big events that we're covering today we're going to break down everything from Gamescom, there's going to be some Elden Ring talk, some Deathloop talk, some No More Heroes talk, talking about Game of the Year. It's getting close. It's getting close, y'all. Spoilers upcoming. I've started uh, Ghost of Tsushima, and I'm liking it. But first, we're going to go to our main quest, which is breaking down Gamescom. Uh, this is the Gamescom big breakdown from Adam Bankhurst, Kevin Lee, at IGN. I'm going to turn it over to you, Adam, to first take us through the Xbox stream that happened the day before opening night live and everything that they announced there. Yes, this was everything that happened on Tuesday. Got a big old list here. I'm going to break it down. We can talk about it as we go. All right. So all the news surrounding Forza Horizon 5 has uh, the first level has you hella dropping into a volcano. It's a fun time. I've played Fast Dope. and Furious before. Uh, the cover cars are the Mercedes AMG one and the 2021 Ford Bronco Badlands. The reason I included this is because I always like the Mercedes AMG because those are my initials. So that's a cool supercar. Wait a minute. Um, Your middle name mm -hmm. is Moravioli, not Cravioli. It is Moravioli. It. <laughs> it's meat cheese ravioli. Oh, that's dope, though. I love meat cheese ravioli. Oh, ricotta but cheese. Lasagna's dope. Sorry, mm -hmm. continue. Keep going about No, cars. you're fine. I mean, lasagna's <laughs> great. Ravioli's right? a good time. Um, as well as a special edition Forza Horizon 5 controller, which is dope. See-through yellow with yeah. pink and blue splatter all over it. You it's, know what it really sexy. reminds me of? Do you remember Rage 2, that game that came in with? Absolutely. It looks a Rage ton Rage 2 and, like Far Cry, and Far Cry New Dawn. And Far all Cry New Dawn, yeah. splatters of pink. Yep, yeah, the big, mm -hmm. like, giant chunks of spray paint. Yeah. It looks yeah. cool. Uh. So yeah, Forza Horizon 5 looks good. It'll be fun to play this year for free. Um, and I like the cars that go fast. I specifically like the Horizon series because it's like, let's be silly with the cars. And I prefer that yeah, over I'm let's a, be serious I'm not with a the cars. racing sim type of person. Like, it's I'm not good at them. And they're very, very tough. And I don't have a racing 
controller, like a, a racing controller. It's a wheel. I don't have a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> the round one? Yeah. I have that um, Wii remote like shell with the, from Mario Kart. Mm, yeah. I got that from Mario somewhere. Kart. Yeah, that was a good time. Awful. You literally could just do this with your controller. You don't have to have it. <laughs> yeah. It was fun, though. Uh, next up, we had Dying Light 2 gameplay. Uh, a glimpse of some of the different factions players will be facing off against. A grappling hook will help you traverse the city. And uh, moves involving using your enemies to cushion your fall and kill them as you fall down. So, yeah, it was about a f- six-minute video of Dying Light 2. Uh, game looks cool. I'm kind of excited for this at the end of the year. I-, I liked the first one, and I was like, I'll play the second one when it comes I out. I was just like, about oh, to no, ask, I'm really gonna play. end of the year, is that the release date? Yeah, so I didn't okay. look up the reason for that one. I think it's in November. If I uh, it says if I'm December seventh, twenty twenty one. December seventh. That's a that's game that's like been coming out for years. Yeah, and so I'm really forever. excited that it's finally going to get here and hopefully live up to everything that it promises. Yeah, those games are surprisingly very fun. I like the first one a lot. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator World Update Six will launch on September seventh and update the region of Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. And there will be competitive racing mode in fall 2021 as part of a partnership with Reno Air Race. Um, you can race planes. <laughs> it's just like Diddy I mean, Kong Racing. With the basically, planes. but with like a Boeing 747. Yeah. If those were real. Did they get rid of the, They get rid of the Concorde. That's what I'm thinking of. This is actually the only part of this entire conference that I caught live. I tuned in for just a few minutes and they were talking about this update and it, it looks really cool. Obviously, Microsoft Flight Simulator is just like a an amazing achievement of of uh just the experience of flying and the, seeing the entire world and all the detail of all of the different monuments and stuff like that that you can go by and so it's cool that they're updating yep. europe for gamescom because it makes sense yeah i think they said like 100 landmarks or something are in those areas so they're just like hey europe we're gonna do what we did in america uh we're, we're gonna hook you guys <laughs> up so that's cool for those people i mean that is a cool game i'm not huge into it because it's you know a flight sim but it is very good. I have played it. It is very good. Yeah. Uh, I just flew over my house and tried to crash. It was a good time. <laughs> uh, multiple Humble games are arriving on Xbox Game Pass. So these are the... Um, I think Slay the Spire is the biggest Humble game that I can think of. But there was a list of like seven more games coming to Game Pass. So more things on Game Pass. Can't complain yeah. about that. This, I think, is probably the biggest news. But this they is put it in the huge. Of the show. This is a big one. Uh, Xbox... Cloud gaming will arrive on Series X and S and Xbox One, pay attention to that, in holiday 2021 for Game Pass Ultimate subscribers. Allow you to play 100 plus games uh, from the cloud on your console. Microsoft is targeting to have these games run at 1080p 60 frames. So why this is interesting is because you can have an Xbox One and when you do the cloud gaming, which I do now on uh, like my phone and my PC, they're using servers based on Xbox One X architecture. Mm-hmm. So you could, in theory play the xbox one x version of like halo on your old like launch day xbox one and it just streams it and you'll be 1080p 60 that's really cool this is a big deal they've announced too that they're planning on swapping those xbox one x's out to series x's as well so you'll be getting that version of the game eventually someday too but on your again base level xbox one you can even do it on like the one s digital edition that doesn't even have a disc drive like whatever cheapest xbox you can find you'll be able to stream it too but there are a couple of other things that I think this is really cool for. One, I thought this, when they announced streaming, I thought that like, oh, surely it's included in the console thing. But no, it turned out it was just streaming on your device and not on your Xbox. So this is cool that it's finally coming to these consoles. But I see two things. One, this um, will allow people to, like the promise of Stadia, 
where you're like, oh, you see a game and you're like, I want to see what that's like. And you click a button and you're instantly in it, but like on your console. So I can say, oh my God, I would really love to play Halo Infinite, but I don't, I don't have the time to, I just want to play a multiplayer match. I don't have the time to download the entire thing, whatever my Wi-Fi connection might be, uh, how slow that might be, but I can just jump in or maybe I can set the download and then start streaming it immediately until the download is finished. And then I can play the game at full resolution, full whatever the frame rate might be. So I think that's a really cool use case for this too. But the most important one, I think, is especially if you have the Xbox Series S, the 512 gigabyte hard drive on that thing cannot hold very many games. So I think this is a, uh, an excellent solution to just playing anything on your Series S without having to worry about storage space and buying expandable storage or anything like that because that, that gets super expensive. But I think it's, it's pretty safe to say now that there's a, a very large pool of xbox owners that are game pass ultimate subscribers as well uh so it's not really going to be that much of an added cost to play all these games without the hard drive space yeah i've done this in practice we were sitting down when the um pirates of the caribbean stuff was coming out for sea of thieves mm -hmm. and i was like i'm gonna play it on my pc just because and i was like oh i don't have it downloaded or i downloaded it and i downloaded it to the wrong drive whatever pc problems and i was like damn i don't have time to re-download it and then i just went on xbox.com on a web browser and just played see if these with everybody and i'm like you can just do this on the console now that's yeah. great we're like hey we're playing this game i don't i don't have it downloaded it's two minutes till play time i'll just stream it and it i from my experience it works just fine it's great um and then this is one more step towards getting like either a dongle or apps on tvs so you just like hey buy an xbox controller and game pass and you can just play whatever you want anywhere um, I think this is really cool for the future. Stadia tore its ACL and broke its ankle, so Xbox Cloud Gaming <laughs> could, could run. And uh, I'm not upset about it. All right. Uh, Crusader Kings 3 is headed to all consoles. Um, it isn't a direct port. It's been reworked uh, for console players. You know, to where, uh, Crusader Kings 3 is you know PC, RTS sort of a game. Um, it's been made for consoles, PlayStation and Xbox both. Um be released on PS5 with uh, DualSense integration. All this is cool. The reason I bring this in is because Crusader Kings 3 uh, basically got all 10s when it came out on PC um, last year. Like, the game reviewed extremely well. And it coming to console, it's not a huge deal, I think. Most people wouldn't. You're like, what is Crusader King 1, 2, or 3? Yeah. I haven't played it, but I just know that everyone who plays it says it's the greatest thing ever. So more people being able to play it is a good thing. And it's on PlayStation and Xbox. So literally everybody can play this game now, except for Switch only people, I suppose. Everyone else can play it. And I apparently play it. And it's on Game Pass, I know, for PC. So I need to download it one day. Um, so Yeah, I mean, that's one cool. of those games like, that like everybody always raves about. And it's like the PC players are just like, Crusader Kings is amazing, Crusader Kings. And as you mentioned, all times, but just like, I'm not a strategy person. I'm also not a PC gamer. This game is its just a name that I've heard a lot that I've never played and never really had a passing interest in playing. But the one thing that does is that what you've written here, the PS5 and the DualSense integration, like you'll have haptic feedback based on the stress level, the stress mechanic in the game. That's pretty dope. That's the kind of stuff that I'm really excited for in like the future of haptics and, and triggers and all that fun stuff. Yeah, like they're just a simple thing. Like you, we have um, haptic feedback. People are like, ah, I will play your game now. And say, yep. hey, good for them because that game apparently is great. So they deserve um, all the success they can get. Uh, this uh, this is the end of the show. Just a couple other games that showed off gameplay uh, included the Gunk, which I believe is being released this December. Uh, State of the Coup, State State of the Coup, State of Decay <laughs> State Two of DLC. 
Uh, sea of Thieves has a Borderlands crossover, Wasteland 3 DLC, and showed off gameplay for Age of Empires 4. Those were just some other things that were in there that were real quick. But that's basically everything we got at the Xbox show. Um, there were some big things missing. You're like, oh, where's Halo? Where's this? We'll get to that in a second. But from what was shown here, some pretty interesting stuff. Especially, yeah, that cloud gaming thing I think is the big deal. But um, pretty interesting. A good way to start the week, and or the week, and I think it got better as we went along, which we'll get to with you. Yeah. Uh, contrary to the name of it, Opening Night Live was not the first night of Gamescom, apparently. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I don't think opening, it was the first night. <laughs> it, you know, it wasn't. So, Opening Night Live was the following day, and it was you know Jeff Keighley's new thing that he's done. Now, this is his second year doing it as part of Gamescom. Uh, and it was basically two hours with a 30-minute pre-show of a ton of announcements. And I think just overall, we'll, we'll go through some of the major things in here. I think overall, for me, it started out really strong for like the first hour and then it just like completely lost energy by the end of it but let's jump in and talk about some of these things that are pretty awesome first halo infinite that was conspicuously like where is where's all the halo infinite news in the xbox thing we got a release date that leaked a little bit early like that morning uh the campaign we've we talked about this last week the solo campaign and the free-to-play multiplayer are officially coming out december 8th 2021 just in time for holiday um and what's these sexy ass hardware things that they released the 20th anniversary of halo and xbox and all of that is is coming around this year and so they have this this special halo infinite xbox elite wireless controller series 2 but it's based on like the original green uh of his suit of Master Chief suit. It's got the gold D-pad for his visor and all that kind of stuff, and it looks super sweet. It is an elite wireless control uh, controller, so it's a lot more expensive than your normal um, Xbox controller. But they are also releasing, which I'm sure is sold out and going for thousands of dollars already on eBay, a limited edition Series X uh, and controller to go along with that one too that just looks so sexy. And I'm like kicking myself. I always see these special editions. I'm like, why am I an early adopter? Why do I already own this system? Should have just waited. Um, but the, those are, will be available on November 15th. Again, won't come with the game, obviously, because the game's not releasing for another almost month after that. But are, are either of those hardware items on your radar at all? I'm not going to bother with the console because that'll be difficult to get. It does look very pretty. Yeah. Uh, this... The series, or the series, uh, the wireless uh, Xbox Elite Series Two controller, looks really, really nice. Series, uh, I've actually had an Elite controller before, and it's very, very, very nice. Um, we'll see. I'm kind of more interested in the Forza one just because it's more wacky and it's yeah. like a hundred dollars cheaper. <laughs> um, but if I was going to get a an Elite Series Two, it would probably be that Master Chief one if there was in stock because it is snazzy. I'm really like, I'm really interested in that controller. And the way that it looks, and I want it, but I also know I'm going to spend a ton of money on that controller. And Xbox has already kind of said, "Hey, we're looking into haptics because it was something that the DualSense does really well, and we kind of missed the boat on." So, like, to know that I'm paying that much money for a controller that will be like it won't have the haptics that might come out in a year or two years or whatever it might be, and then I won't ever use it. I don't know. So, yeah, so I I don't think I'm going to get it, but man, it looks good. Yeah, Speaking pretty. of looking good, Saints Row Saints Row <laughs> Saints Row Reboot is arriving on February 25th, 2022. Um, we'd hinted at this last week. I was really surprised to see that it was so soon. 
like it's getting announced now and it's coming out in six months. Um, they showed off mainly a, a long CGI trailer that kind of set up what this world is going to be, the organized crime, all that kind of fun, weapons, military-grade weapons that are making their way out on the streets and all that kind of fun stuff. And then they had a very, very short gameplay clip uh, or like splash trailer um, after an interview with, um, I'm blanking on her name. What is her name? Damn it. Uh, the girl who plays the lead in the game. Um, she, okay. so it, they did a very short gameplay, which looks pretty good. It has a new setting, new characters. I'm not a person who's ever really been into, you know, the open world, um, like GTA, Saints Row, those kind of games. But the world of this game looks really cool. And the tech of this game, of, of this thing looks really cool. Um, so if it's coming to Xbox Game Pass, which was not announced, but if it ends up on Xbox Game Pass, I, this is a, certainly one that I'm going to try out for sure. But you, you are a Saints Row uh, fan. Yes. So yeah. it's a funny story. I'm not. I don't want to give out his whole business, but I know a friend who's worked on every Saints Row game. Um, a dude I randomly met in a fantasy football league, and like eight years in, I'm like, "What's your job?" It's like I do mocap for video games. I was like, "Okay, you should have told me this way sooner." Um, but <laughs> yeah, he's been right. on Saints Row games, and I was like, "Oh, I've already liked these games, but now I'm super into them because he tells me about like, hey, this is what they're doing. This is what I did. Da 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 da." Um. So I already like the series, and now I have the personal connection. So I'm all aboard for Saints Row, no matter what, just because my, my buddy works on it. Um, and I like how they're going back to the sort of the style of Saints Row the Third, because uh, I think it's my favorite game in the series, where it's it's wacky but it's grounded. So think of it as like a Fast and Furious or like a Hobbs and Shaw, where it's like the things like this don't exist, but like Saints Row Four, you're literally a superhero. Yeah. Um, so they toned it back a little bit, and it's more Hobbs and Shaw you know, maybe John Wick kind of a thing. Um, so I'm excited for it, and it coming up very soon, out of nowhere. Um, yeah, like you said, like, six months later, I'm cool for that. Next-gen, pretty game where I get to run and shoot stuff. Uh, like, so they don't is make games like this anymore. So, No, not exclusive, but oh, it okay. is on next-gen, which I will be picking it up on. Uh, so yeah, that's cool to see. I'm about it. Dope. Uh, this next game also looks super cool, I think. Marvel's Midnight Suns. It's a strategy game uh, coming from Fair Axis Games. It does they do the XCOM franchise, so those those strategy games. <clears throat> it had a kick-ass CGI trailer that kind of started it all off, and it's they've created this new character for it, uh, whose name I'm forgetting, but they have like Lilith the hunter, and they, the hunter. Yes, they've created they've worked with Marvel to create this brand new character for the game. Looks really cool. They have all these really dope costumes, like the Wolverine wearing like it looks like maybe the Egyptian or the hieroglyphics, like all over their suits. And then they pan out and you see everyone in those suits, and it looks fucking dope. And I'm really excited. And I was ta I was watching this live with Holden on Discord, and I was like, watch us get to the end of this thing, and it's like a trading card game. And like we sat through this whole CG trailer, <laughs> and it's like all of this doesn't matter because it's just a trading card game. Um, but then they revealed at the very end that it's going to be this a new strategy game, which for me, again, I'm not really a strategy person, but the right IP could draw me in. Like, for instance, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, like that was a game that I adored on Switch and I played it, I had a ton of fun with it and I really, really enjoyed the gameplay of it. So maybe I feel like since it's Marvel, it might be a more accessible strategy game and a little bit easier to wrap your brain around. Um, and not quite as complex as something like XCOM. So I'm interested in this. We'll see some gameplay revealed on September 1st. Um, but Adam, you said this is your game of the show. 
what stood out what stood out about this for you well, i'm glad you read that last part i was wondering i was worried yeah. you weren't going to <laughs> I just uh, saw it now. no so uh for me xcom uh enemy within and xcom 2 are xcom 2 might be one of my favorite games ever made uh and that studio is perfect like you said um it's sort of like you were saying how rabbits got you into that game based yeah. on the 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 ip that was used I mean, I already like, I already love the studio, and then they're using the perfect IP, which just makes it even better. Um, I was listening to, uh, I think it's the creative director on the game, talk about it, and it sort of had, um, some of the combat stuff sort of sounds like Fire Emblem Three Houses, where there's like light and dark magic, uh, you know, because you're not just shooting guns, you have characters with powers and such. Uh, like I said, anything Fraxis has ever made has literally been a 10 out of 10 for me. And then, yeah, throw Wolverine and Blade... And uh, the girl from uh, The Runaways on top of it. And, I mean, I, it, this is literally perfect for me. The minute that this came out, <laughs> I saw a tweet from, like, a PR person. Like, you want to get a code? I'm like, I mean, I'll pay for it. But also, give me an early code because I will <laughs> I will tell everyone your game is perfect if it is. Because, uh, yeah, I'm such a big fan of that. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Like I said, they literally, these guys don't miss. They do, they do, the, they own the genre. And now they're getting... yeah. Um, a cool IP and they got to make their own story. Like they worked with Marvel to make the story. It's not just like, Hey, here's some money and make a game for us. It's like, oh, they're doing what they care about. So, you know, that's going to turn out good. Uh, yeah. I'm super excited. And the trailer was so good. Trailer's yeah, fantastic. Trailer's awesome. Uh, next up, they said, we have a special announcement from the developers at Gorilla Games. And I immediately said, Oh, Horizon's delayed. <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. Yep. Uh, they've been hard at work, but Horizon Forbidden West is now officially coming on February 18th, the day after my birthday. Um, however, to, to tide us over, they gave us Horizon Zero Dawn at 60 frames per second on PS5, which is out right now, so you can go play that again. I probably won't play it. Maybe I'll dip back in to fight a T-Rex or two. Just, we played that for Barf, I don't know, six months ago, eight months ago, something like that. So I don't think I'll play it a third time. But that's exciting. I've also, you know, February 18th, is Horizons Forbidden West, February 22nd. You'll, there's a pattern that like February is a very big month this uh, upcoming year for games that I think I'm going to take all of the month off of work. <laughs> Maybe I'll just quit my job. Yeah, just, and I'll just... Just take the second half and just don't work it up. Say you're sick yeah, for the second go. half of like, the month. Oh, uh, uh, I have mono. Uh... <laughs> mono! <laughs> <laughs> then we got an extended look at Call of Duty Vanguard. The campaign, um, it was a few minutes of gameplay, which actually really surprised me. I've always seen like trailers for Call of Duty solo campaigns, and I've been like, oh, that looks pretty cool, but still not enough to really rope me in. But this one was a little bit different. They were in, um, I followed the sniper, the female sniper that Laura Bailey plays. And they followed her through like an entire level of gameplay of escaping this area, a little bit of stealth in there, some combat. And then they did like the hour leading up to that as well. And I think what stood out to me a lot about it was the music too. And part of me, I'm concerned. I don't know if like, was that music specifically created and cut for that gameplay trailer? Or was that actually in-game music? Because it seemed to flow really, really well with what was going on on the screen. But that I think tied me in more than anything else but it looked really polished, and I'm excited for that campaign, which is, you know, the direct opposite of what happened. We'll talk about this later in playtime, which about the multiplayer, which does not excite me. Uh, but yeah, this this got me pumped for a solo Call of Duty campaign. I still don't think I'm going to buy it at launch, maybe, but it looked really good. 
Yeah, I, don't, I think this is the first time that they've tried to... Yeah, I'm sure they try every time they make the game, but this is the first one where I'm like, oh, they're really going for the campaign and trying to do something special with it. So I'm with yeah. you. It looked really cool. Uh, I, I don't know. It's $70 cool for me day one, but exactly, you know, maybe yeah. a couple months down the line. Yeah, I'm with you on same same $70 ideas. $70 Activision day one, you know. But what does look up? Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. New gameplay trailer. Spring 2022 is the release window we can see on that one. Uh, I know you're really looking forward to that one. I've never really been big on the Lego games. I played some Harry Potter ones on iPad a long time ago, but uh, I've never really been a, a Lego games person. But that one does look really awesome. And as you mentioned, I think last week, they, they're redesigning a lot of stuff about the way Lego games work for this one, too. Yeah, it looks snazzy, looks new. Um, hope it finally comes out because this is like the fourth or fifth delay. <laughs> right. Uh, so I'll be interested when it when it comes out. Yeah, I mean, I've you know I've dabbled in most Lego games, but yeah, this one looks completely new. So it interests me. And then it's you know Star Wars. You can't you'll get me easily off of those two words. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. We got a few more announcements here. The one they actually closed out everything with that. Well, the the announcement they closed out everything with is Jeff Keighley is going to be in the Muppets movie, but the one right awesome. before that one. <laughs> It was so weird the way he did that. He's like, thank you, everyone, for Gamescom. Also, like, you might see me in an upcoming, like, Disney Hump Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Disney Humping Mansion. Disney Muppets Haunted Mansion. So, like, <laughs> that's cool. And then he's like, bye, everyone. I was like, why? Where did that fit? That doesn't make any sense. Why did you just plug that? Um, but right before that was Death Stranding. And so they showed off some mm. more director's cut stuff. And it's, I mean, it seemed like more... It didn't seem like it warranted all of the buildup that they said, oh, we're going to have some brand new stuff from Death Stranding. You're going to want to stick around for all this brand new stuff from Death Stranding. And it's just like new stuff. You can build more stuff. You can ride off of ramps, do tricks in the air. There's a racetrack. Uh, you get a jet pack. Uh, anyone who wasn't interested in that game, I don't think this would have won them over and said, oh my god, that's exactly the thing I need now to play that game. Um, and I feel like anyone who... That's one of those people... You're absolutely correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who was interested in that game, I don't think this swayed them any further. I think they're just like, oh, cool. That's also in it. Awesome. I was already going to play it. But yeah, it is what it is. What was conspicuously absent from all of that Kojima stuff was anything blue box related. Um, but we had a couple more things to, to talk about here. We've got, there was a new Far Cry 6 story trailer, which I realized that I missed because I think I was using the bathroom and now I don't remember anything about it, but it was there. Uh, we got more about Jet, the Far Shore, which is kind of like, it looks like it's it's the Sword and Sorceries brothers, creators, who are doing like, it seems like a little bit of a No Man's Sky thing, coming October 5th, 2021, PS5, PS4, and PC. We got a little, another, another look at that. April O'Neil being playable in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. That was a cool little uh, gameplay trailer there that game i'm not a beat em up person but like that looks like a fun game to play for maybe a game night or something like that looks like a good thing yeah. good time uh but sifu oh my gosh okay so this this is another game again a february game february 22nd 2022 uh it's the the kung fu game but we saw a trailer last month or something like that about while you were playing it it seems like you're getting older which was weird and then they went a little bit more into it. So there's this gameplay mechanic that every single time that you die in this game, you gain a little bit more experience and, and knowledge and, and um, capability, but you also get older and, uh, every single time you die too, which is a really interesting mechanic. So that's coming out. 
in February. Again, just going to quit my job. I'm very excited for that one. That's Me too. probably the PS uh, four exclu- or five exclusive I'm looking forward to most. You know, outside of the huge, huge ones, I'm like, oh man, I really, really want to play Sifu. Yeah, your cat game, Cartoon Cat Cthulhu Cult Simulator. <laughs> cat Revolt. <laughs> you got uh, announced next. Cult of the Lamb was the Devolver digital game, and you know Devolver has such a style to them that like. While watching the trailer, it was like, this is 100% a Devolver game, isn't it? And then at the end of it, it was like, oh, yeah, this is the, mm-hmm. yep. It looks exactly like you would think a Devolver game looks. It's adorable. It's creative. It's gory. It's funny and weird. It's great. It's great. Can't wait for that one. Splitgate Season 0 was announced. Comes with a new map out now. Uh, again, we talked about they're, they're in constant beta now forever or indefinite beta. But this is the biggest announcement of the night. The biggest thing. Super Monkey yeah, Ball. This is huge. Yeah. Super Monkey Ball. Banana Mania. We already knew that Yakuza's Kazuma Kir... How do you say Kazuma Kiryu? And apparently we already the knew Sonic and Tails were going to be in there. I didn't know that, but they said... And you already know Sonic and Tails. I'm like, okay. But Persona 5's Morgana is going to be a guest character in Super Monkey Ball. Woo! That was worth the build-up. They should have closed the show with this. They should have. Not the Muppets thing. This was much more exciting than the Muppets thing. Uh, Jurassic World yeah, Evolution 2. not the Muppets 2. humping thing. <laughs> the Muppets humping mansion. <laughs> it's like a Playboy <laughs> on a mansion crossover. Uh, Jurassic World Evolution 2 coming November 9th, 2021. Not sure if you care about that, but I don't. And then finally, this is one that I didn't... I got up and made lunch while this trailer was going on for what seemed like 20 minutes. But this last trailer, Doke V, I think is how you pronounce it, is something like while I was making lunch, Holden was geeking out. I was like, oh my God, this looks amazing. This looks so good. This looks incredible. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then after Gamescom, I went back and watched the trailer again and I was like, oh my God, this looks amazing. <laughs> like the, the graphics it on it are, they just look so freaking good. And I have no idea what's going on in this game. It looks absolutely batshit awesome and colorful and weird and japanese as hell but it looks so good and i i have no idea what it is but i can't wait to play it yeah i was wondering why people were freaking out because i didn't see this one live everyone's talking about it. i'm like is this like a pretty pokemon like why are people freaking out about it but <laughs> no everyone's idea. excited so but yeah just the visual fidelity of it all just looks so freaking good all right, that's it. That wraps up Gamescom, uh, both the Xbox and the opening night live. Um, overall, I feel like I was really kind of, I was a little upset. I, I think I mentioned this last week when you went through the rundown of everything Jeff had tweeted is going to be there. And I said, you know, I kind of wish we didn't know that because then there aren't, it's not going to be anything surprising about it. And then I was like, but obviously there's going to be some surprises. But then we got here and there, there were very few surprises and it was mostly just a list of things that he had already tweeted about. So I was a little let down by that, but I do feel like it was overall a pretty strong showing. Um, what do you think about, what did you think about like the, just the overall Gamescom conference? I think it was, I think I enjoyed it more than E3, but that's mm. because it was more condensed than E3 because E3 had a lot of filler that shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like, again, a two and a half hour uh, opening night live is pretty ridiculous. But I did like, I mean, basically everything that they announced I thought was pretty cool. Um, 
So I like, yeah, just no filler. I don't want filler episodes. So I don't watch One Piece. I don't want filler. So <laughs> this kind of a, this kind of a conference I'm digging. Just two, really, the main one was one day, and then Xbox threw their thing in there before that too. So I, I thought it was pretty good overall. You know, I you know didn't sit down and take off of work to watch it or anything like that. Um, but just as like recapping, look through, I'm like that's cool stuff. So I thought it was good. I, I think it was enjoyable. I think it was worth having. Um, I don't think it re- replaces anything like E3. Yeah. But, uh, 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 thumbs up for me, I guess. B B plus. B plus. Um, Adam, I'm gonna we're gonna move into playtime. Talk about what we played this last week. I feel like I'm all talked out right now, so I'm gonna turn it over to you. What have you played? Mm-hmm. I got this. All right. So what have I played this week? I got three things. I'll leave the last one because we both played it. So first, your boy Adam's been playing some Psychonauts too. <gasps> Ooh. Oh boy. The game is. I'm only a couple hours in. Not crazy, crazy far in. Game is gorgeous, and it is an amazing platformer, and it's so creative, and it screams Tim Schafer, and Invader Zim is the main character, and everybody's wacky and doing crazy mind powers. So I've I've played the original, but it was when it came out, so like 15 years ago or whatever. I don't remember anything about it. Um, so coming into this world and you know not knowing the backstory and stuff, they kind of catch you up. I think it's great. I think it's a very good game. I want to beat it and finish it, but so far, you know everything's looking another thumbs up. I'd probably give this one an A minus so far. <gasps> oh uh, damn, A minus. Psychonauts two better than opening night live. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's very cool so far. Uh, and again, the humor's there. It looks great. I love the art style um, and all the the voice actors are great. So I'm gonna again. I'm very very soon in uh but i'm ready to keep going because like the first mission or mind or whatever i forgot what they call it but like your first level of like being in someone's mind oh man it was so cool it's disturbing but it was very good i'm like this is a great tutorial so you sold uh, me on it with again i've I've never played psychonauts at all so but it's getting great reviews you're mentioning that it's really great but then the fact that you don't have to play it and then you also mentioned invader zim being the main character i'm like yeah that's fucking awesome it's been a long time since i Mm -hmm. thought about invader zim but man that show was dope yeah, it's great. He's a great voice actor. Sounds the same. Funny thing about this, I haven't got there yet, but apparently the voice actor who played Gur is also in the game, and they have a scene together. So it's like a little Invader Zim reunion in the game. That's awesome. at some point. Uh, so that'll be cool. Uh, so yeah, I'm very interested in that. Want to finish that one up um, as soon as possible because I'm really enjoying it. Probably finish it this week. But yeah, it's a great time. I suggest anybody have it. You know, especially Game Pass. It's free. You can't argue playing a game for free. Um, so that's a good one. After that, I've been playing more AC Valhalla. Uh, the game is 8,000 hours long. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I played it a lot at launch. I like, the, I like AC games a lot. I played a lot at launch, put it down for like four or five months, and I'm just like, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do with my life. I'm like, you know what? I need to beat that game that I never finished. And then I went through and what did I do? Like three territories over the course of a day or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I just got more into that. I completely cleared out Jotunheim. Asgard? There's some <laughs> mystical place you go where the Vikings care about. Uh, so yeah, I, I cleared out a lot of content in the game. Valhalla? I'm getting closer to the end of it. No, I don't think you actually. I don't think you ever go to Valhalla. Well, I don't know. I beat the game. Maybe you do go to Valhalla. Maybe, maybe you do. Uh, but just it's a big game. I think my clock time is at like 70 hours. But I also have quick resume, so I don't know how much of that is mm. just spent sitting in a menu. Five but star man here says he game, tapped out after his first 1500 hours in that game. <laughs> 1500 yeah yeah <laughs> you gotta when you push through the 2000 that's when the game gets good no i'm just kidding game's great from the beginning uh it is a lot there's a lot but 
I'm going to finish that up maybe before the end of the year. Uh, so one full calendar year, I can say I beat an Assassin's Creed game. Uh, and the last thing, which is the big thing, we played it on Friday night for yes. game nights. We played a little bit at Call of Duty Vanguard Alpha. And there are mixed feelings about this between the, the group. Somebody, was it your friend that was like, this is awful? <laughs> oh my God, yeah. So, uh, yeah, who was it? It was Donovan. He, he came, he, somebody joined the group and said, hey, so how are you guys liking it so far? And he's like, oh man, it's great. Wait, did you ask about the gun or the game? Because the game is shit. <laughs> he did not like it. <laughs> it was, he was um, not having it. I had a good time. I yeah. think that I'd like the gunplay. The gunplay, like the game plays good. That's that's fine. the The idea to launch it with to launch it, I think they added trios later, but to launch it with duos only in this one game mode, I'm like, ooh, that's probably not a great idea because again, we had what well, we had like six or eight people in there, and yeah. it's like, I guess you can duo up with him and you can try, and this guy's on standby, this dude's running a solo. It's like, can we get a bigger game mode? I so said, I think they added trios later in the weekend, but I had uninstalled it by that point. Um, I guess I think the gameplay is solid. Um, that game mode is okay. I like the idea of it. It's just like the two, you know, you and your teammate have 12 lives and you got to keep going against round after round after round to see who lives. But I think for an alpha, I mean, it's an alpha, not a beta, but I'm like, I don't know if this is the best game type to launch with, but yeah, I think the guns shoot fun. So there's that. <laughs> the guns shoot fun. <laughs> Glowing review of Call of Duty. The guns shoot fun. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm a little bit more negative on it than you are. I, I I didn't like Battlefield Five when I just played it recently because I think the playing with old guns doesn't feel fun or as new as new awesome cool guns like we're playing with in in some of the other games. So uh, that kind of carries over to again using all these World War II weapons. But I think the game mode itself was just somebody somebody said it either in that chat or maybe it was the next day. Somebody said it was just like playing the Gulag portion of Warzone over and over and over. And I was like, that's exactly what it feels like. You go in there, yeah, that's you have perfect. a very tiny map, and you go in, you either get shot and killed right away, or you shoot and kill somebody else right away, and then you hide a little bit, and and it's just that that loop over and over. Occasionally, you get to upgrade your shit or buy new stuff, but uh, yeah. So it, I don't, I'm, I don't love that game mode, and I think. I don't remember who said it. Maybe it was Matt. Somebody said, you know what? I'm having a ton of fun already with zombies and with Call of Duty Cold War multiplayer. They're like, I don't think I need Vanguard right now, especially if that's going to be like the headlining new mode that they're pushing and, and kind of experimenting with. So what does make that, what does kind of excite me though, is that makes the decision this year of whether or not I try out Call of Duty Vanguard or Battlefield 2042 a lot easier. I think if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do one of those online multiplayer shooters, it's gonna be Battlefield, um, just because of all of the crazy customization and and future and past stuff all in it. And so that's more exciting to me now that I have a little bit more of a definitive idea in my head of what I'm gonna play this this holiday. Yeah, I mean I'm a Battlefield guy, so I would, I'm gonna prefer that anyways because I just prefer that game overall. But I think that they. Call of Duty be fine, like they'll sell 18 million units because they're mm. Call of Duty, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I think they need, for their beta, they, I mean, they're probably getting the feedback. Again, it's an alpha, it's exclusive to one console for a weekend, whatever. But yeah, they need to do something better with the beta if they want to try to, again, they're trying to get goodwill by putting it out there. I'm like, you're going to have to do something better. Yeah. And again, they could be like, um, you know, they could, you know, you just do like an eight, eight team 
or eight player team mode or something and people will probably have more fun so i'm sure a beta will fix our issues with it how fun would that be to have instead of having 16 strangers like if you could organize your friends and just do that same leaderboard type of thing last team standing with your friends that would be so much better yeah anything but that game mode i think would be better to be honest with you (laughs) you're right yep I played a few things. One, I just wanted to let everyone know I'm playing more Hades. I got all the way to the third boss. Um, in that, it was not a fluke. I'm continuing to play it. I'm continuing to enjoy it. And an update from last week where I said, I don't have any idea how this could be game of the year. I'm now starting to see a little bit of those relationships with the characters and how everything's evolving. I can see where it might be considered that way. So I'm excited to continue playing that and, and discover that. I started... Ghosts of Tsushima Director's Cut again. This is a game that came out last summer that I started, played like three hours of, and I had a good time with it, but then I put it down and played something else, and then I literally never thought about it again. Like, it didn't hook me. I didn't say, oh man, I would really love to play some Ghost right now. I never thought about it again. And there were so many other things to play, and I heard that it was so long, and all this, so I, I never got back to it didn't really and open world has never really been kind of my huge calling in video games but so many people were saying good things about it and the director's cut just launched so i said all right i'll give it another shot there was also there was also what we call last of us part two syndrome where you play something that's so amazing and then nothing else can compare and everything else sucks in comparison so i had a little bit of that going on last summer where i just got got off the high of that game and i was like oh this isn't last of us so now being so this far removed... This isn't American cheese. <laughs> this isn't American cheese. This is some cheddar bullshit. <laughs> um, so finally, I got back to it today. And I put in about four and a half hours. I got a little bit past where I got... I restarted. I got a little bit past where I got last time. And I'm actually really enjoying it. The combat's clicking for me a lot more. I put it down uh, at around lunchtime. And I'm like, all right, maybe I'll play something else afterwards. But then all during lunch, I was like... I kind of want to just go back and play that. So that's a good sign. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to get back to that. Hopefully, maybe game of the year discussion. I don't know if that's included in the game of the year. Who knows? We'll decide that later. But enjoying that. The big thing so for real me, quick, though. Yeah, go for it. Let me. Um, I'm glad you're. So Ghost of Tsushima. I haven't played Director's Cut. I just played. It's so funny. I was like three hours away from beating the game and then like the next day they announced director's cut will be coming out i was like i'm not going to do that i'm just going to finish this three hours um but that game it's very similar to me the witcher 3 was exact same thing where i was like you where i played it for a couple hours i'm like this is fine yeah um and i put it down for months and then i went back to it and then it clicked it's just like Witcher. i started witcher 3 two times because i was like this lilac and gooseberries is fine i don't know why everyone loves this game i did it second time i was like oh no this is one of the greatest games ever made it just took pushing through a certain point that goes to Tsushima has a certain point when you get to it you're like oh this is what the game is and because it's open world it invites you to bullshit before you get to the good stuff which is what I do I'm like I gotta clear out this map I gotta clear out the, cl- yeah. the checklist so I would say yeah you were enjoying it keep playing there's a very specific parts where you're gonna be like oh this is what the game's about and it's gonna be a lot more fun but you're already having fun so just keep going through it because there are certain games there's no excuse for it but it's there are certain games where it's like you gotta go five hours and then the game gets good yeah it's oh totally true though and it's really good once you get past that part so i'm glad you're enjoying it yep 
uh, but, but where I've spent most of my time, and I found out yesterday that I've now put officially put 800 hours on PlayStation into Destiny 2. Um, Destiny 2, Season of the Lost, they had a, a reveal event last week for what's coming in February, February 22nd, again, another fucking February game. The date um, keeps coming up. They showed off the Witch Queen. They showed off a ton of new stuff. Like uh, they have new weapons that they're going to be introducing called glaives. So you're going to be able to like the up close. They've already had swords in here, but now you're able to do some like melee damage. And then it will also charge up this elemental blast, which is pretty cool. So I'm excited for new like melee first person combat in Destiny, which hasn't necessarily been a thing before uh, outside of your melee abilities. But that looks fun. They announced that they are taking all of the subclasses that have been there since the beginning of time, and they're starting to rework them just like they did Stasis, where you can now customize them with aspects and, aspects and fragments. So you can take all of the things that you've been playing for years and now just like tweak them a little bit and make them really cool and tinker. And that's, so that's another thing that looks really exciting. But what's really cool is seeing how all of the story that like they've been hinting at this character Savathun the witch queen which has been like they've been talking about her and hinting about her arrival for years in this game and it's been getting closer and closer and seeing more and more evidence of it and now a season of the lost which just started this week last Tuesday uh she's here and we found out she's already been here she's been your friend Osiris for a long time and we're like oh shit what? You've been right in front of us, and now she needs our help to help her kill her, her sister, Ziva Roth. And so, like, the big old twist. All of the story stuff is really great. Um, the, there's a new... The new seasonal stuff is pretty cool. There's a six-person activity in the Dreaming City, which is really beautiful, but not really, like, engaging. But there's another seasonal thing uh, that they're doing with the Shattered Realms that you can run over and over, where you're finding these... Um, they call them techians in the game, but they're like wizards, basically. Finding these wizards in these like realms between different dimensions. Uh, and one of them, this first part is taking this, this destination on Earth that you've been familiar with for forever and then turning it into like this really fucking creepy, spooky, otherworldly realm version of it. So it's fun to kind of play through those again and, and see them in a different light. And it's just really fun. So I played that maybe. 15 to 20 hours this week <laughs> part-time job <laughs> although i was technically off of work for several days of it so um it was my job to play destiny 2 season of the lost again that's going to be around oh. for a long time we got six months of that season before the next one's coming so we've got halloween event i was gonna ask up. when is the next season but it's yeah. which queen is the next season which okay. queen will be the next season which queen was supposed to launch this fall but they delayed it a few months ago um, and so this season's going to be six months, which I think might be the longest season they've ever had. Most of them are around three to four. But in there, we, they always have the Festival of Lost, which is a Halloween event, which this year they're making dinosaur armor. So like the, the Titan gets a T-Rex oh. armor, the Warlock gets a Triceratops, and Hunter gets Velociraptor armor. And you, know, you collect candy and you get candy from all these events and you have to go find other people across the galaxy and give them candy and you get rewards and shit. So... There's always like a fun Halloween activity to go along with it too. So that'll be probably the whole month of October. And then they have, you know, the dawning Christmas event the whole month of December usually. And then they announced also that there's going to be a 30th anniversary Destiny event happening the month of December as well. And so it's going to be a bunch of like just callback stuff. Destiny is, I mean, Bungie itself is 30 years old now. So it's like calling back to all of their origins and but they're also going to have some fun things in there. Like they're bringing back the Gallahorn rocket launcher from Destiny 1 that was really popular. They are going to have 
uh, a bunch of like cool loot from things like inspired by there was this glitch in destiny one not really a glitch but like something you could just kind of take advantage of where there was a cave called a loot cave where if you just oh, stood yeah, cave. I yeah that. a loot cave from destiny one you just stand across the field from it and just constantly shoot enemies and they just drop shit and you just infinite infinite loot there so they're like calling back to that as part of the anniversary event so i'm really excited for that um so yeah it's gonna be even though it's six months there's gonna be a lot of stuff in there uh, over the next six months to engage with so pumped for that sounds cool i'm glad they can fill six months without a new big release but you seem yeah. like they have something every month so i'm sure it'll it'll work out yep that's it that's a, that's all i played uh we are almost an hour into this thing damn let's move into our quest log uh i'm gonna turn it over to you adam here for the first couple here elden ring and death loop tell us about those all right so Elden Ring, which is the game from From Software that all the nerds are interested in. Uh, <laughs> shout out to uh, who, uh, all Trevor. Those nerds. <laughs> He's one of these guys. So I appreciate it. Uh, Elden Ring had uh, a lot of people were playing it around Gamescom, so there's a lot of the same ish impressions. So I used um, a article from Kotaku by Mike uh, Fahey. Is all the Elden Ring news worth knowing? Uh, Elden Ring is a game made by From Software, makers of Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro. Uh, it's a collaborative effort between Miyazaki and George Railroad Martin of Game of Thrones <laughs> fame. So George Railroad Martin came and wrote some stuff on this game. Apparently Miyazaki's handling all the the lore, like uh, apparently like you read items and get lore. I think Miyazaki's doing all that stuff. That's the and George Railroad Martin is I don't know. Yeah, the all of the lore in all from software games is just by reading item descriptions, which is not super great. But if you end up doing nope. it, or if you just catch a YouTube video like summarizing it all, then it's super cool. But yeah, apparently that's yeah, I'll watch someone that else. part. So Railroad Martin, I think, is doing the lore and the item descriptions, but like all the dialogue and stuff like that is being done by Miyazaki. So that's, that's like the majority of it, which is why I think people are like, oh, good. It's not going to get delayed because Railroad's not in charge of all the dialogue and stuff for the game. Yeah, it's like he'll actually be able to finish a project, or whatever yeah. the joke is. <laughs> uh, gameplay stuff. Uh, there's an overworld map. I believe it's called The Lands Between. Uh, unlike other From Software games, allowing you to set markers and, and like move through an open world because uh, you know a lot of the other ones where it's like you just have to memorize it's like oh i go down this corridor right. take this shortcut now there's like yo there's an open world here's a map for you uh, and again it's called lane between uh it's filled with dungeons um different looking like one i think one was like an ice castle and then they have stuff in swamps or different biomes and there's uh things called legacy dungeons where it's like you know I guess like in destiny it's like oh it's the raid like it's the big thing where you get better loot out of yeah um and the also dangerous creature encounters. Uh, they mentioned a troll caravan and dragon attacks. So the open world's full of stuff to do and things that'll kill you. Um, you know what so that kind of going reminds point to point. Like that, it sounds like to me like the fact that there's an overworld and dungeon. It kind of re reminded me of like Di Diablo two or something like that, or Diablo three, where it's like there is this big open world. There are enemies and there are things, but then all over the map they're like, oh, there's a little dungeon here you can go in, or there's like a really big cavern here, or like there's an entire castle or something like that you've got to go into. Uh, kind of sprinkled all over the world so that's what it kind of sounds like this is going to be too having a big big overworld map with dungeons sprinkled all over it yeah which is completely new for from software and i think it's good like if you're gonna make an open world put stuff in it that makes it interesting yeah <laughs> uh, that's never a bad thing um so along with the ability to summon two additional players for co-op you'll also be able to summon ai controlled companions i believe some of those are based on like if you kill 
like a bunch of creatures. It's like you can summon them to be little healers or, you know, based on what you do in the world, you can summon either AI or again, friends, because it's a from software game. I, uh, yeah, two, two players. So three player co-op, it seems like. And it seems like there's more freedom to do challenges. So it's like run in the castle or sneak around the back and finish your objective, whatever that might be. Um, so it seems like they're making an open world game, which is very interesting for From Software because that's yeah. not necessarily how they've made games before. Yeah, this would be a cool departure for them. Uh, uh, I'm really interested in how it turns out. And I, it, I'm really interested in the multiplayer specifically because that's where I feel like I had the most fun is like going through with friends and teaming up to fight bosses, but it's never implemented well. It's real. It's like almost impossible to find each other's worlds. And then once you're in there, like you can only fight a boss and then one of you has to disappear. And then the progress only counts for one of you. And so it was always a big pain in the ass, but it looks like this is going to be integrated much better. Yeah, we'll see if it's a little bit easier. You hope so. I mean, it's been, you know, 15 years since they made the first Souls game. I think they can figure out summoning a little better at this point. Yeah. Uh, but it looks cool. I mean, people are very excited. I'm not a huge from software dude, but I do like some of their games, so hopefully this is leaning towards the style of stuff that I like from them. Uh, so that's everything. Again, you can go read previews out there. It's basically everyone talking about the same demo that they had or whatever. Uh, this next story is talking about the final Death Loop previews because the game's coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, this is from Blake Hester at Game Informer. This is the one that I'm looking for. Uh, so I'll read what he said first, and then I'll talk about my, because I read through multiple stories. So after five hours or so with Deathloop, uh, this is directly from Blake Hester at Game Informer. After five hours or so with Deathloop, it's a combination of solid characters, interesting story threads, and overall solid take on the uh, immersive sim genre has me immensely interested in playing more. The one-day time limit and crux of learning how to kill eight different targets within that time frame, an intricate ordeal to say the least, creates a satisfying puzzle. We'll see whether or not uh, that will all pay off in the end, but Deathloop starts strong and has me fascinated to play, experiment, and see more of its weird world. So that is a direct quote. Um, again, a lot of people are saying similar thing. This is me now. This is Adams. Uh, after reading through multiple reviews, so I read through Game Informers, IGNs, um, I think there was like a New York Post. There was one that's not normally a gaming website. I can't remember the name of it. But everyone seemed to have played like the first five hours of the game. Uh, they've all played offline, so there's no PvP with uh, your character's cult being hunted down by Julia, which is the character that can be instanced to kill you by another real player. So you only have one fight, which is like the tutorial fight. So that stuff wasn't there. But everyone's saying the same thing. It's like, yeah, this is if you like arc uh, arcane games, this is the best one that they've made. Um, the puzzles are great. It's finding out what you need to do. It's like Hitman meets Returnal is what a lot of people are saying. It's like you got a big open world, figure out what you need to do, and then, you know, run, run it through over and over and over again. Um, and again, everyone seems to be pretty high on it. I'm very excited for it. I love the style. I love the studio. It's this is what I'm, this is an Adam ass game. Um, yeah. <laughs> anything Arcane does is an Adam ass game. And then it's just like 60s black exploitation on top of that. Like, let's go. Give me a, Give me a skin for uh, Black Dynamite, and I'll be I'll do a backflip. Uh, so, uh, yeah, looks great for me, and everyone's saying it's good so far. Yeah, I mean, if it's just like, hey, this is like Dishonored Two, but a time loop. Like, where's where do you need the seventy dollars at? I got yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, this is it's a game that I think I've discovered over the last few months. That I don't think it's going to be a Chad game, just because that the whole like puzzle and figuring out what you got to do element of it, like in the Hitman type sense, is not something that appeals to me. The returnal part of it definitely appeals to me and like restarting and, and figuring out what you got to do better. But yeah, not something that I've enjoyed, but 
it does look good. It looks like a good game that just I won't enjoy. So I'm excited for it to come out and for people to get their hands on it, but probably not something you'll see from me. True, true. Did you want to do these next two or do you want me to do Yeah, I'll take these next two real quick. So uh, we've got cool. No More Heroes 3 is the end. This is Jared Moore at IGN. Uh, if you have not played a No More Heroes game, they are these really wacky, uh, pretty cool games. I honestly, I've only played the first one, but they've always had these like really crazy characters from Suda51. But uh, in a tweet shared from the Twitter account from No More Heroes 3, uh, Suda joked about the game's official title before they even started being, um, the game is called No More Heroes 3 Final Bout All Out Galactic War. Or it was going to be called that, but the subtitle was too long. So we ended up taking a hint from the Rocky series and simply going with No More Heroes 3 instead. But it is the final version, uh, or sorry, the final entry in this game after this will be the third one. Plus they had like the mini game thing that came out last year or the year before. Uh, looks like this is the end of Travis Touchdown and his journey. Have you ever played a No More Heroes game? I feel like I played one on, was it Wii was the first one? It was, yeah. I feel like I played it on Wii because it was like the first game that seemed mature on Wii. And, but oddly enough, it was like mature in a really immature way. Like there's a lot of like charging up your sword by making jerk off motions and stuff like that. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. Uh, yeah. It's not my thing. I know there are people who love the series. It's just not, uh, I don't know. Suda's a real 50-50 with me. They're, I'm like, oh, his stuff score. We're like, yeah, I don't care. Suda, what's going on? Lollipop Chainsaw? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, no More Heroes? Don't care. <laughs> so, But it's cool that people got you know more than a trilogy because you said there was the, the mini game version or whatever that came out last year. So yep. people get the end of their story and I hope that people who like uh, No More Heroes get to enjoy that. Yep. Uh, Revex Shadows here says in the chat, uh, about Deathloop says I hope it's good I love Dishonored but Deathloop hasn't caught me yet hasn't got me excited yet interesting interesting if you love Dishonored you should love everything they do yeah that's the rule you have to like that's everything the they do feel like one of their games yep uh, last story here on our quest log Starfield videos reveal three new locations as Matt Kim and IGN uh, so there were a couple of very quick like almost like they were just behind the scenes like developer interview like but very short videos that were unlisted that were found on youtube showing off concept art for three new areas in starfield there were uh what were the names uh new atlantis there was neon and what was the last one uh aquila city. city maybe yeah yeah so they were they were three areas and they when I look at them, all I really see there is just like, that's straight up Star Wars. Like, it just looks like straight up worlds pulled straight from Star Wars, um, which gets me a little bit excited. Starfield, like, we know so little about Starfield that I can't get excited for it yet, but that's the first stuff that I've seen. I'm like, oh man, this could be cool. Yeah, and we've got some time for the game comes out, but I've. I'm not getting overhyped about it or anything like that. I'm just like, I, I like what the studio makes and they're making a sci-fi version of the games that they make. So I'm going to play that and be very happy. <laughs> I just, I like all their games. Like we make the joke about Skyrim, but like the game's fantastic. That's why, that's why the games come out every year for 10 years because the game's good. So uh, I'm ready for a sci-fi version of that. And yeah, I like, they're all like 50 second videos, but it looks pretty cool. I like one of the worlds is just, I think it's a fishery planet that they, there's fish farms that get you high. 
It's like, yeah, that's some sci-fi fucking like we've yep. uh, the the Xeno Fresh Corporation is taking these <laughs> fish and turning them into drugs. I'm like, yeah, that's sci-fi. We're there. <laughs> We're having a good time. Uh, let's round out. We've got a couple of things here after the quest log. First, there's the monthly list of best games leading the game of the year from Adam. Adam, take us through our list here. Yeah, so I wanted to do this starting near the end of the year. Um, just like at the the last show of the month, like let's look back, see the big releases or you know things we personally played that might not be on like the big list, and it's easier when you like break down each month and you keep that up to the end of the year, and you're like, oh well, this was the best game from these months, and just boop 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 boop, there's your game of the year list or yeah. something you can start from and figure it out. So, no particular order, I just wrote down the games that I've that seem to be the biggest releases of the month so far. Of Humankind, which is the PC Civ-like game, uh, Aliens Fireteam Elite, Psychonauts 2, No More Heroes 3, Axiom Verge 2. I forgot Axiom Verge came out this month. Yeah, it was shadow dropped during that Nintendo event. Uh, uh, Boyfriend Dungeon, 12 Minutes in Icarus, which I just... So I was doing research to make this list. I'm like, what is Icarus? And then I turned my Steam, and it's like the number one thing on Steam. Oh, I'm like, really? oh. And it I, seemed, I just did the same thing. Yeah, it's like a... This? Yeah, it's like a survival game that apparently was like, oh no, this is it's not your average survival game. People are really into it. So I put that the on there. Future maybe it's not survival. a big deal to Yeah. It's maybe it's not a big deal to us now, but that could turn out to be remember like PUBG they're like, this PUBG thing's cool, and then it just sold yeah. like eighty million copies like months later. So I'm putting Icarus on here just be it might be a big thing that we need to pay attention to. But this is my list. You know, if you have anything you want to add, go ahead and throw it in here. But looking at our list of what came out in September like, what would you rank? I don't know, top three, or what do you think could possibly be in game of the year? Again, it's just this an easy a, way to prepare and keep things. I think it's a, a pretty good list for for the month. I think the most buzz, looking at this list, I've played none of them, except for 12 minutes. I played 12 minutes. Um, so that makes me think, like, oh, damn, I got to get playing some stuff. But I feel like the most buzz I've heard has been around Psychonauts 2, Boyfriend Dungeon, and 12 minutes although the buzz around 12 minutes has been very polarizing uh i think those are yeah. probably the top three that are come out that are going to come out of this uh yeah i think it's for me like humankind again looks cool but i mean none of it's a pc game that's like civilization i'm actually interested because i love civ but i think you could put that you know at if we're just doing a top three you cut that out alien no, that's cutting out. It yeah. seems cool, but <laughs> it, it's not like yeah. the best game. Like it's very much like have fun for ten hours and never play it again. Psychonauts two, absolutely. That's one getting all the buzz, and I would say it's very good. Normal Heroes three. Uh, again, the reviews are like okay, and it's nothing that I care about, so it wouldn't be on my list. Yeah, but, you know, uh, Axiom for shoot like I forgot the game came out. That one is yeah. maybe. I haven't played it, but I know people love the first one. People didn't love the first one. From what I heard about the second one, is that the all of the boss battles apparently are optional. Like you can skip them all. You're not even do them and that they're not really that interesting, but the rest of the game kind of is. So yeah, I think people aren't as high on the second one as they were on the first one. Okay. Uh, Boyfriend Dungeon, I would put up there. I've started it. I haven't finished it, but I know people are horny for that game in the good way. <laughs> yep. Um, and I guess I would put 12 minutes. It, it is very polarizing. Either you're going to like it or you're going to hate it, but I would put it in the like. So what I would do, I'd put in my top three, I'd put Psychonauts, Boyfriend Dungeon, 12 minutes, just like you, but I'm going to put a big old circle around Icarus. Yeah. Because again, like maybe it's not a thing now, but I, f- 
that feels like a thing that could be a big deal um, eventually. So I put a big that I would do the same three as you, but put a big old circle around Icarus. Keep an eye on it. You mentioned uh, PUBG and like and though yeah, it sold like so many. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot people had to pay for that game <laughs> like, in the era of yeah. Fortnite and Warzone. And just I totally forgot that PUBG costs money. I need to. I can double look it up. Still is. I think it's probably pretty decent. I, not what it was, but everyone every time someone's like PUBG's dead, it's like they still have more concurrence than like they're still like the top four or like top like ten concurrence, which is more than the game you're trying to say is better. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I know the copies sold. I think they're legit like number three all time. It's ridiculous. Damn. It's a lot. I can look up that list, but it's up there. It's it's massive. So. uh uh, yeah, I'm again, I'm going to keep an eye on Icarus. I'm, I might actually need to download that and try that out. I'm not a huge, you know, I have a PC. I don't play a ton on PC, but, you know, if it keeps getting buzzed, I'll have to jump in and try that. So that was my our, my monthly segment. Um, Sweet, monthly like list of best games leading game of the year. We're going to keep a track of this. Everyone write down on your notepad. And uh, I'm just going to carve keep mine in my monitor with a knife. <laughs> Psychonauts. <laughs> All right, That's we have one more couple months. subscriber interrogative. Last week we went out on Twitter and we said, hey, who has questions for us? We're ready to go live. And one came in right after we finished recording, so we want to follow up. Uh, Mark Bozon on Twitter says, what's the most obscure slash unknown game each of you have played slash own? Adam, you said one thing came to mind immediately and you wrote it down. What was that? Yep, so, and I'm actually on the Wikipedia looking everything up. So, a game that came out in the summer of 2007. Remember back then? I was 17. I had just graduated high school. Um, working at Domino's Pizza as a delivery driver. That was a good nice. summer. <laughs> I was 17. I was still in high school. I was working at either Walgreens or Target. And it was summertime, like you were saying. But I also had some disposable income being a high school student. And I played, this is an era when I was playing all the video games. Like every other week, I'm like, what's GameStop got new? And I'd seen an ad for this game in Game Informer. And I went to the store and I was like, hey, I want to try out this game uh, from Midway, uh, developed by Infusion Interactive. I'm sure they don't exist anymore. Oh, man. <laughs> um, published by Midway Games. Um, and it's a little game called Hour of Victory. It is a, a game where you fight famous battles of World War II. And I went up there to buy it. And he was like, you want to buy this? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I've seen an ad for it. And there's nothing else out that I haven't played. He's like, okay. Let me know what you think, my guy. I was like, all right. I took it home. And it is probably the worst game I've ever played in my life. <laughs> uh, it is a World War II, so again, like the era of like Call of Duty doing all those World War II campaigns. Again, this was, everyone was making World War II games. Uh, it's a game where you played, I think it's like three different characters. Um, they're supposed to have different styles, but like the first level you play, like you're like, oh, we're, there's an assault on the town and you run in the town and there's literally three enemies in the town. Like, that's all that the AI, AI could spare was three <laughs> dudes standing behind a box. It's like, oh boy. Um, and I played some of the different characters and it's it was awful. It was probably... It's a thing that, you know, maybe like a college group did for like an assignment. Yeah. Like, hey, make a game and you can pass, fail or whatever. That's what it felt like. Uh, it's awful. And I don't think anyone bought it. And <laughs> uh, on Metacritic, the game uh, scored a 37. Wow. Out of 100. 
You know, that's actually not too bad. Spoilers for our Game on Game show. That's, that's better than every single game we're going to be talking about in our Game on Game show. Oh, boy. Yeah. Fun times. <laughs> um, I tried to think uh, of something. That. Sorry, go for it. Oh, no, you just, I'm almost, uh, official Xbox magazine gave it a 2.5 out of 10, uh, AKA broken and gave it the worst value of the year award. Uh, worst value of the year. I love it. Yep. I went back to GameStop. It was open. So you're not supposed to return open games. The guy's like, you know what? I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> it's fine, dude. It's, it's been two days. I'm not going to give you too much of a, a problems. Go ahead and exchange it for whatever else. Cause it's full price. Yeah. I was like, all right. And then I took transformers, the video game based on the first movie. And so, I'll let you go on to your game. <laughs> it's a great, great decision after great decision over there. Yep. I was thinking, I was trying to think back on this question. I was like, I don't, I don't really know. And I was going through, like, played a lot of bad games, but I feel like they're not really obscure. Like, there's a lost video game that comes to mind that I played on Xbox mm-hmm. that was really bad, but I feel like people knew that existed. And then I was scrolling through my... I have this app that keeps track of all of the video games that I have across all my platforms. It's not a good app, but it does the job. But um, and I came across a game that I don't think I've ever heard of anyone ever playing. And it's called Actual Sunlight. And it's a game. I'm on their page right now. It came out in 2013. Uh, 2013 there was a free version in that was created with RPG Maker. And then oh, they did okay. an Indiegogo campaign. And they actually got a version released like uh, I played it on Vita, but you can also get it on Steam. And then I didn't know this, but apparently there's a 3D iteration of the game that has come as well. But it's a what I played on Vita was a 2D top down, like 8 bit style game. And it is about it's it's like 45 minutes long. It's like three dollars and it's 45 minutes long. And you're a video game developer who's and it's all about like mental illness and his thoughts of committing suicide and it was like i forget how i even learned about this game or how i stumbled across it but i remember being at the very end of it like oh my god that was actually really well written and it's a really tiny indie game and it's uh, but i've never heard of anyone else who's ever played it it's called actual sunlight um but uh, yeah i remember really really liking apparently they have notable reviews on kotaku and polygon and vice so maybe it's not that obscure from WZO Games, who I've never even heard of them. I mean, I definitely say I haven't heard of it, but it sounds like a game that would be covered like, hey, there's this indie game you never heard of that's really impactful or something. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, I, I remember really enjoying it. Oh, there's another yeah. Oh, there's another one kind of in that vein. It's about your... You're just driving on your way home, and you're talking on the phone with your mom. It's like 12 oh, yeah. and a half minutes. What is that not, game called? Wow. Three-fourths home. That's what it is. Three-fourths home. Three-fourths. But I feel like yeah. that one is a little bit more known. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for the question, Mark. Next up is Game on Game Show. The Game on Game Show. We play a game called Game on. The Game Show on a Game Show. Game, 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 game. This is a reprise of a game that we've done before. This is only our second iteration of it. This one is called Activism's Shittiest Games. Uh, this mm. is the original one we did is Ubisoft's Shittiest Games. And it's a look back at five of Activision. You know, Activision has a lot of big properties. They've got, you know, Call of Duty is more often than not the best selling game of every single year. Um, but they've made some real stinkers. So I think it's fun to go back in time and look at their worst games. So I went to Metacritic. 
and I just sorted by Activision, so everything published by Activision, and then I sorted it by Metacritic score, and then I went to the very end of the list, and I saw, you know, I, I pulled ones that I think you might be able to guess at least the property, if not the exact game. Um, and I, so I, I pulled five games. Uh, we're going to go from the best of the worst all the way to the worst of the worst. As an example of when we did Ubisoft, like there was some stuff like Dance, Just Dance was on there, Ice Age was on there, and it ended with the worst game being Hooters Road Trip for PC. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, but what's fun about this game is I'm going to, I'm going to read you the release date, the platform. Actually, all of them are multi-platform. Everything that Activision did here was multi-platform. But I'll, I'll put you the, I'll give you the platform that it was released, that these reviews are from the score that it got and then i'm going to give you two or three snippets from reviews about it that i think are just like i can't believe that these are actually written about this game or that like big publications would actually write this about a video game um so some of them pretty are are pretty easy to guess some of them are like i have no idea what that is but it'll be fun so right. this first one also by the way all of these are licensed so they're based on some kind of uh, movie, TV show, something like that. So they're all they're all licensed games, as you can imagine. They're all very shitty because of that. So this first one, released November twenty first, two thousand six. It uh, this platform is PS two that the reviews were on, but it's again multi platform. It has a score on Metacritic of thirty six. Uh, I'm going to edit these reviews so I don't say the name of the game, but this one from Games Radar, they gave it a 30. It says, it's not fun, and it drives so off course from the show that it should be embarrassed. Graphics are ugly, minigames are dull, and, there's just, and there just isn't any will to plow through this. And then this review from IGN, who gave it 22 out of 100, says, The best part of this game is the link to exhibits my page page, MySpace page printed on the back of the box. Special thanks to Ecstasy's carefully selected friends list. You have any guesses what this game might be? Pimp My Ride, baby. This is Pimp My Ride for PS2, yes. <laughs> I remember this game. This awful, One of Activision's game. shittiest games. God. All right, next up. Actually, so that was the PS2 version. There was a re-release on the following generation that scored even lower than that but the reviews weren't as fun so i didn't pick it yeah. um the next one here it is a ps4 game but again multi-platform released september 29th 2015 so relatively recent scored a 32 the um we'll start with this one ign gave it 35 out of 100 tony oh, damn it this game's rare moments of... I was going to guess of... that eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what it is, but we'll read through the reviews anyway. This game's rare moments of nostalgic joy are drowned out by its abundance of poorly, poorly thought-out levels, control problems, bugs, and its glaring lack of attitude. It boggles the mind that a $60 game in 2015 can be riddled with so many technical issues. I think that's really telling that like Cyberpunk then came out and totally blew this one out of the water. But then uh, this next one is from PlayStation Official Magazine Australia. Gave it a 20 out of 100. Says, this bird has had its wings clipped to the point where it resembles an ugly-looking flightless <laughs> dodo that deserves its own extinction. Man, people have fun writing reviews. Uh, so yeah, here's, uh, here's why I knew, because Activision. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know that Tony Hawk Ride is going to be in here somewhere. Is it Ride? Is that 
It is not ride, no. It's not ride. It's not Because I remember working at GameStop and having just tons of those fucking skateboards laying around. And ride was, like, was very awful. low on that list, but this was lower than ride. Oh, so lower than... Ah, God. Oh, is that the... Uh, this one with Little Wayne in it. Uh, is it Pro Skater 4, I think it is? 4 or 5. This is 5. Yep. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, when they tried to revive it, and it was awful. Yep. That was the one where, like the disc only had the tutorial on it and you had to download the rest of the game as a patch. <laughs> Makes tons of sense. Uh, that one got leaked because there was a caterer or something, yep. right? He took a picture. Yep. Yeah. Fucking wild. 2015, huh? 2015. Yeah. I was surprised it was that long ago. I remember it being more recent than that, but all right. This third one, you, if you get the property, that's totally fine. I honestly didn't realize this game existed, but uh, PS4, but again, multi-platform. July 12th, 2016. Uh, has a score of 30 on Metacritic. The GameSpot review is the one we'll read first. Uh, gave it a 30 out of 100. Mm -hmm. says, it has its rare moments when it doesn't feel like an utter waste of time. But it's mostly a bizarre slog through mostly empty, overly cumbersome levels full of extreme repetition. Even for devoted fans of the films and, and four-player co-op shooters... Ghostbusters, son of a bitch, is <laughs> a disappointment. <laughs> I'll go ahead and read the next one just for fun. Uh, this one's yeah. from Polygon, 20 out of 100. It's a deplorable, cynical bit of licensed drivel that couldn't be worth the $50 asking price if the instruction manual were printed on a $50 bill. And yes. Interesting. It's, it's, it's a Ghostbusters game. It's a Ghostbusters game, yeah. But is it just like the Ghostbusters game? So or was it like that's a remaster? What I or? When I was reading these reviews, that's what I thought it was. It was Ghostbusters the video game, which came out on the PS3 generation. So I was confused. I was like, oh, is this maybe the PS4 remake when they did that, that this is talking about? But no, this is a twin stick shooter Ghostbusters game. Oh, that yeah, yeah. Came out based on the movie, the new movie. The girl. Oh, movie. is that what it was? It was based on the new movie? I believe so. I believe that so. I do up, remember this 2016. Okay. Okay. Because the video game one, I liked. You know, I wouldn't say it's racing ever, but I wouldn't say it's a 30 either. But I'm like, they're talking yeah. about the twins. Okay, I remember that. I actually, yeah. I really okay. liked Ghostbusters, the video game too. All right. These next two here, I'm going to try my hardest not to say the name of the game. All right. <laughs> this one came out on 360. Again, multi platform. Released October 22nd, 2013. Scored a 25. Um, we'll start with the best of these three reviews. ZTGD, whatever that is. It's a, critic, it's a publication. It's not a user review, but ZTGD says, So there you have it. Yet another, insert name, experience that can't break the curse of being a bad game. This next one is uh, X1 Magazine UK. Give it a 20. Says, it's sloppy, unresponsive, and looks shocking. And then official Xbox Magazine UK gave it a 10 out of 100 and says, it's so similar to SpongeBob, Nickelodeon must have had a template for offensively awful games. Huh. So it's a Nickelodeon game, but not SpongeBob. What other... Is it, like... I'm just going to throw this out there if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Is it uh, Danny Phantom? It is not Danny Phantom. Huh. Who is it then? It is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game called Nickelodeon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I wasn't thinking. I know that 
they own TMNT, but I don't think mm-hmm. about, you know, like comparing it to SpongeBob and thinking TMNT. Right. And this is a that they own this is a game that you know whenever they remade the show in that new 3D animated style, like this is a game up in that same exact style. Whenever okay. it came to Nickelodeon, uh, last game here, PS3 game, again multi-platform, May twenty first, twenty thirteen, score of twenty one. This was the worst rated, I believe, uh, Activision game. We will we'll read the IGN review first. Give it a twenty five. Says send it to the impound lot and let's never speak of it again. <laughs> PlayStation Official Magazine Australia gave it a 20 and said, if you take only three sentences away from this review, let them be the next ones. This game is a cash-in that somebody didn't use half their arse to create. They only used one quarter of a butt cheek. The box may look pretty, but the disc inside is like an HD update of Burnout's beta code, like the PS2. (laughs) Wow, what a good review, by the way. Yeah. Not... One part of a butt cheek, huh? They used one quarter of a butt cheek. <laughs> wow. 2013, based off of a license, it's a racing game. I want to say Pit My Ride 2, but that's probably not correct. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, can you give me a... Uh, this would be tough. Like, could you give me a hint like, this was on Nickelodeon, did it, or would you tell me movie. that thing give it away? It's licensed on a, based it's on a movie. movie. <sighs> I want to say, but the timing is wrong. I want to say the Italian job, but I know that timing's wrong. I don't think Activision did that anyways. Uh, I was say Fast and Furious, but that was very recently when they made that bad game. It is Fast and Furious. It's an older Fast and Furious game. Fast and hmm? Furious Showdown, released in 2013. I guess based on one of the many Fast and Furious films, but... Yeah, that's an Activision game that only wow. used a quarter of a they budget. They made Showdown and then had had the balls to make Crossroads anyways. Yep. Wild. Yep. They're, they're, that's a ballsy team, I'll give you that. <laughs> it's about family. That's right. The whole team's about family. Activision's about family. We all know that. That's it for Game On Game Show, and that is it for this episode. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, all, everyone, for being in the chat today. We had a, a nice, diverse crowd here today on twitch.tv slash affableidiots. You have some homework, and we have some things to tell you about. One, uh, there's patreon.com slash fire where you can get all sorts of perks for being a patron for just a dollar a month. You get dope wallpapers, which we just released another one last week based on opening night live. You get to play with us on game nights, which we just did Vanguard Alpha last week. And you get to vote on what barf games we play each month. That's backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends, where we play a game where we feel like we should have played, or maybe it's been a very long time, or we want the other person to experience you all voted. It was a very close vote. It was tied for almost the entire week. You all voted, and for the month of September, we are playing Batman Arkham Asylum. I know for Adam, you said it's been like seven years. For me, it's been, I think, since the game came out that I played it. Um, so I'm pumped. I'm very pumped to go back and, and play that. So we'll be playing that in September. If you are a patron, play it. If you are not a patron, play it too. It doesn't matter. Patrons vote for it, but everyone plays it. And then we'll come back at the end of September and chat about it. In the meantime, Metroid Fusion, the direct prequel to the upcoming Metroid Dread, was our barf game for August. Uh, We'll be doing a spoiler chat for that, or a barf chat for that, coming up in the next few days. So keep a lookout for that. Um, If you have thoughts on that game, if you played it a long time ago and you still remember it, or if you just played along with us this month as well, write those in. I know we've already got 
Cozy's email with all of his thoughts as well. So that's going to be really exciting. And finally, that's it. I think that's it. Do you have any other announcements we need to make or things people need to do? We can probably wait on the other one, right? Yeah. Go to YouTube. If you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, you're doing it wrong and you're a fake fan. So go to YouTube and subscribe to us there. Done. That's it. Uh, Chad's that, words, not everyone. mine. <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. I gotta pee so bad.